0: Hi and welcome to a new episode of the Social Skills and Conversation Strategies series. My name is Richard Gray, and I'm really happy to have you along. Whether you're watching me on the live stream or you're listening to me on the podcast, so today we're talking about the four socializing inhibitors, as outlined by Chris McLeod of the Social Skills Handbook. So. If you want to go into a deeper level about this material, perhaps have a thought about looking at his book and reading his book or downloading it from Audible, the social skills handbook. So sometimes in life, when you do want to develop your social skills or take them to a new level, first you have to remove some mental barriers from your mind or or reduce them to a certain level where you can negotiate them or move around them or just move them out of the way altogether. So this episode is not so much about learning a strategy that you can use straight away in a conversation, but it's more about becoming self-aware of those barriers. And in becoming self-aware, that itself helps to reduce them by, I would say, about 10%, and that serves as your first step to moving forward and being able to see a way forward, where to start and how to move and progress. So the first social inhibitor is shyness. And shyness itself causes you, if you're in the middle ground, because, of course, you have a mild, you can have a mild shyness, which you can manage pretty well. And then you can get to the more severe ends of shyness, where you're now straying into social anxiety territory so shyness itself causes you to feel awkward and inhibited and you you worry about how you're coming across to others and as a result of this you feel shy and and you become quiet as a result everything takes on a much higher magnitude you're playing a much higher stakes game than everybody else because whatever you say is it, it feels like it's been judged at a much higher level. So socialising and conversations were a game of poker. Others will be playing with pennies, pesos or cents while you're coming to the table with paper money and you're, you're playing a much higher stakes game. Everything you say has much, much more high reaching, far reaching consequences. And so you'll have to, Think about what you're saying first and evaluate it in your own mind and weigh it up and judge it before you put it out there for other people to judge, at least in your own mind. So that's shyness as a general overview, as we'll just give an overview of all four of these. We we all understand that there's much more detail and nuance in each of these levels. So moving on to the second social inhibitor which is social anxiety. Now, with social anxiety, of course, you've got similar side effects as you do with shyness, such as avoidance and and those feelings of awkwardness and embarrassment and all the side effects associated and not forgetting the physical side effects like sweating or blushing, heart palpitations. And if you get to the extreme end of Social anxiety, you may be experiencing panic attacks. So as a general overview to distinguish between social anxiety and shyness, with social anxiety, you get the nerves and the fear in social situations and and you can develop a fear of the fear itself. So you might, I mean, once I did a speech as a best man at a wedding, And the moment I stood up, my hands were shaking so much and my my cheeks were blushing. And it was simply because of the amount of adrenaline pumping through my system at the time and causing those side effects. And if I was experiencing social anxiety, I might definitely want to avoid doing that again. And, And the other consequences that happened, including forgetting my speech. So I would want to avoid at all costs putting myself back in that situation again. I would have a fear of those consequences, the fear of the fear. And so this is social anxiety in a nutshell. Moving to the third social inhibitor, which is insecurity and how you value yourself or the lack of value more accurately of yourself and how you feel about yourself and your self worth. But not only how you're evaluating yourself, but also how you feel that others are evaluating you. And with insecurity, you're always looking for the evidence in what others are saying or doing or interacting, how they're interacting with you. Do they respond immediately to a text message? Do they invite you out as as much as they invite other people out? How do they respond to you? you? You evaluate every word they say, and you look for the evidence that they have a low opinion of you, but they're just trying to hide it. And this behavior in itself causes an issue, and it causes again a self-fulfilling prophecy, where we add social anxiety and the fear of the fear becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy in our minds with insecurity again we've got that self-fulfilling prophecy low self-esteem low self-worth causes us to have behaviors that and we're looking for the evidence of other people's low opinion of us and those behaviors themselves cause that low opinion in the other person and of course we're When you have that low self-worth, you you try to hide it and you try to compensate for it. So you might become a people pleaser as a result in order to compensate for that low self-worth and make people like you more by being a people pleaser. Or you might brag about what you feel you're good at, your accomplishments, in order to compensate for the low self-esteem, the low confidence. You brag to balance the scales out, or and you might, you might recognise this in other people. People that put other people down. How and how? Why are they doing that? To deflect attention away from themselves, or to make themselves feel better by comparison to the person that they're putting down, that they're gossiping about. So they're trying to make themselves feel better by comparison. And of course the other person, if they're gossiping to another person, they're trying to make themselves look better in their eyes too, by downgrading another person. but this this behavior ultimately is is much more transparent than we think it is. and it's ultimately it's karma. it comes back to us if we we're indulging in these behaviors and it's again, it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy of low self-worth, low value, people start valuing us at a much lower level because of the way we're behaving Behaving as a response to the low value self-worth. Okay, so now we move on to the fourth social inhibitor, which is pessimism, discouragement. So we know from history, our own past, if we go into a certain situation we know generally how it's going to pan out because it's how it's always happened in the past and so we become pessimistic we don't know how to change things so we think that every future situation is going to turn out the same way as the past situations and so when we're pessimistic about it we become discouraged about it ever changing and again It's that self-fulfilling prophecy. If you become discouraged, you don't have the motivation to to try and change because you can't see a way forward of changing. Pessimism and discouragement, it weighs heavily on your shoulders. It is mentally fatiguing to live in this mindset. So these are generally the four inhibitors. And becoming more self-aware of them, you can perhaps see where you're sitting, which one is affecting you the more or whether you you have a mix of all four. I know certainly in my own past, I've had a mix of all four. I would say perhaps social anxiety was one that I didn't have to an extreme degree, maybe just a, a mild social anxiety. But I certainly had all the effects of the other three, the shyness, the low self-worth, the insecurity, I had that in bucket loads, um, and the, the pessimism and discouragement, yes, that that all plays into it, and it's all interlinked, at some point I just couldn't see any future for myself, I was so pessimistic and discouraged, because I just couldn't see any way of changing this mindset, and I just stopped believing that there was any other future for me, any other way of acting and behaving. This was me for the rest of my life. This was my personality. I was married to this mindset. But of course, a mindset is learned. It's developed over time. So if you can learn something, you can un- unlearn it. Or you can learn a new behavior to replace the old behavior. So where do you start now that you've become more self-aware? You know you can maybe see a little better Which issues are affecting you more? Where do you start or where do you go next in order to address this problem? And to be able to develop your own social skills to the next level and start moving on gradually from this mindset, whether it takes a day, a week or a year. You've got the rest of your life. So even if it takes a year, it's worth pursuing and and not giving up and not getting discouraged. So in the next live stream, we will discuss um, more conversation strategies and and getting to know yourself better and learning your own topics of knowledge and and developing your own self-awareness. So you become more self-assured as a result of that. And it's all a snowball effect. It may feel like it's a large thing you know yourself better than anyone else on the planet so it sounds a little bit counterintuitive to say well the next step is to learn about yourself and I get that I've had that thought myself so hold hold off the judgment if, if if that's the way you are thinking and tune into the next live stream and see which direction it goes in and see if there is really some value to what I've got to say Um, so on that note I'm going to tune out for this episode if you want to see previous live streams go to lifeconfident.com forward slash live stream and you'll be able to sign up and get notifications for all the future live streams and there's other benefits and bonuses in there such as PDFs that accompany these previous live streams so check that out but not if you're driving wait till you stop driving (laughs) alright so thanks for joining me and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye for now.